When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Everything is Black and White Podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and today joined by Stu Rayner. He's making a rare appearance on the Everything is Black and White Podcast and he's very excited. Now, you might be wondering why we have indeed invited Stu on. Um, Stu's been working for Chronicle Live for a long time, mainly covering Newcastle, but for the last, I think it was last season or so, he, he did venture over to Sunderland. However, um, in his time covering Sunderland a few years ago, he did come across Steve Bruce, who, as you may well know, um, at the time of this recording, is Newcastle's it, his appointment at Newcastle is imminent. We are recording this. It's just gone two o'clock on the fifteenth of July, um, and the reports are that he's re- resigned from Sheffield Wednesday. And we thought it's time to get an insight into Steve Bruce. Uh, people you speak to are very positive about him. They, they speak about his man management, his good character. He's a kind of a very jovial kind of person. Is that is that how you found him, Stu? It is, yeah. I'd say there's a lot more to him than just that. But um, yeah, he certainly always came across very well. Um, I'm not saying this is a this is a good thing or that it should be the case, but um, he's got a lot of fans in the media, um, which he may well need um, as things uh, as things pan out at Newcastle United. As I say, it's it's not really it's not really right, but it does it does count for something when you've uh, when you've got a few reporters in your corner and um certainly his sort of um personal skills mean that um he does have plenty of uh, plenty of people in the northeast to call on in that respect so just a brief for, for, the, for those listening just give a brief kind of background to when you came across steve bruce well bruce had um just a, about two and a half seasons at, at sunderland and um to be honest um probably two of the best seasons really that they've they've had since the since the days of Peter Reid and you know he's not looked on too fondly at at Sunderland um because of his Newcastle connections and because of the way things ended but um if you look at the two full seasons he did they finished 13th and then they finished 10th say they're only they're only top half finished since since the days of Peter Reid and uh you know everything that's gone on since has sort of put that into perspective um but ultimately things didn't End well for him. His his third season started badly. Um, You know, the whole year had really been on a on a sort of downward spiral since the sale of um, of Darren Bent in in the January of uh, of twenty eleven, and he ended up being sacked in uh, in November of that year after only um, two wins in the in the uh, in the start of the season. So wind back before Sunderland Mm. because it kind of ties in quite nicely with the situation we find ourselves in today. Um, we have to state that at the moment, at the time of recording this, will probably be our look that by the time we get out, it will be all confirmed. But Sheffield Wednesday so far state that there is no update from their end. As far as they're aware, it's business as usual. Bruce has not tendered his resignation. But Bruce has done this before. He did it at Crystal Palace. It's a slightly different situation, but it ended up with an injunction. He didn't work for nine months before I think he went off to, to Burnham City. Um, and a lot of fans question where does Bruce's loyalty lie? However, then you look at his history since then 
as a, a few times he kind of skipped jobs, but then he settled mm. down um, with Wigan and then with, with Sunderland and then with Hull. Well, but yeah, I mean, first with, first with Birmingham, really. He, he did, in his early days at management, have a real reputation as somebody who jumped from job to job as soon as, as, soon as another chairman fl- uh, fluttered their eyelashes in his direction. And I think that is actually significant in where we are today because I think he, he got that reputation by the time he was at Birmingham City. And I think that was a big factor in him turning down Newcastle United when, uh, when they came for him after Sir Bobby's sacking. Um, and I, I, I just get the sense, as you say, since then, you know, by and large, he's tended to stay a lot more with his more recent clubs. But, um, you know, we all know he's turned Newcastle United down twice. I think there might be a sense from him that the pull of Newcastle United is, is just too big to turn down again. And, you know, I wonder if he could live with himself if he if he were to turn up the turn down the chance of the job that he always wanted more than any other for a third time. So that's probably what's persuaded him into this position of, of reportedly resigning from Sheffield Wednesday. So he went to Sunderland and like you say it was kind of a mixed situation. Mm. Um some decent results, beat some very good teams like Chelsea, Man City, uh Arsenal Spurs. Didn't manage to beat Newcastle though. No, and I think again, I think that's Significant, you know the the experienced Newcastle United fans have of Steve Bruce in the opposition dugout. The one that leaps out into their mind is that Halloween five one derby defeat. You know that will that will live with him forever. I mean, he, he I, I felt he sort of misjudged that. I, I felt he misjudged the derbies in those early days. Um, you know, I, I think he tried too hard to play that da- game down as just another game, and you know it's a very difficult balance. In, in derbies we all know what emotional occasions they are but you know you've got to strike the balance between downplaying them not not becoming too big a deal but also you know not becoming run of the mill because you know for the for the Sunderland players who walked out the tunnel at St James's Park that day you know I remember being there just met with a wall of noise and they were kind of rabbits in the headlights well that was my next question because a lot of people say well ex-Sunderland manager we know sometimes that doesn't go down too well whether it's a former player mm. Largely, I think if they do all right, then people kind of overlook that. But you mentioned there that that image of him standing on the touchline. I remember mm. being in the stands that day and uh, Sleepy Jane ringing around the stadium. It sounded like the yeah. PA, but it was just 50,000 Geordies yes. singing Cheer Up Steve Bruce. That image and that kind of moment won't be easy to erase from, from the, the mind of Newcastle United fans. No, it won't. I mean, it's a, it's a very long time ago now. And you can still remember it like it was yesterday, can't you? I mean, you know that's that. That's the point. I, th- I think. I think you're right in what you say. You know, if he if he if he starts winning games and he never stops, then it'll be forgotten about. But it's a little bit. You know, it's a little bit like, you know, they say about uh, Andy Murray. You know, when he's when he uh, when he lost tennis games, you know, he was Scottish, and when he won tennis tennis games, he was British. You know, it'll be the same with Steve Bruce when he. When he wins Newcastle games, he'll be the boyhood Newcastle fan. And when he loses them, he'll be the ex-Sunderland manager. And, you know, it was a little bit like that at Sunderland as well. You know, when things were going well, you know, high points like the 3-0 win against Chelsea, you know, his stock was unbelievably high. But when, you know, when the results turned in that that final half season, you know, it was his, it was his background that was really held against him. And that's, that's just the reality of it. But, you know, um, Steve Bruce knows that. There's no, there's no question that he knows what he's walking into in terms of the politics of the job, you know, in terms of 
what he's up against in, in terms of his baggage. And, you know, you can you can debate all you like about whether it's the, the wrong or the right decision on his part, but it's certainly an informed decision. He, he knows what he's letting himself in for. So how are you gauging the reaction of Newcastle fans with this news? Or is that a bit of a daft question because you only really have to ask one or two and it looks like... It's overwhelmingly negative, yeah. isn't it? You know, he had... I say it, it might change with results, but he'd have to start, you know, with instant results and keep them going. Playing devil's advocate, mm. you've got Rafa Benitez, mm-hmm. and it was only ever going to be an appointment, you could argue, like Arsene Wenger or Jose Mourinho, where it would soften yes. the loss of uh, Rafa Benitez. Not kind of re- rewrite history, but it would soften it. Yes. Is is it is it because it's Bruce or is it because it is just it's just not Rafa Benitez? I think it's I think it's a bit of both. I think it's I don't think it's a very ambitious appointment. Um, you know, I think for any other club in Newcastle United's position right now, Steve Bruce would be an ideal appointment. He's he's used from his time at Hull City to dealing with the sort of turmoil that's going on behind the scenes now. You know, Hull City's owner was every bit as unpopular as Mike Ashley was you know he's he's very good at wheeling and dealing on a tight budget you know he did he did make a couple of big signings at Sunderland Darren Bent and Asamoah Jan but he made an awful lot of bargain signings you know play, players like Simon Mignolet players like Lorik Sarna players like James McLean Lee Catamol you know he, he took he took gambles on players um, with dodgy fitness records you know players like Fraser Campbell uh, players like Wes Brown um, some of which came off, a couple of a couple of which didn't. But you know he could certainly work within the financial constraints that Mike Ashley will will put on him. And for the ambitions Mike Ashley has for Newcastle United, that's not the ambitions that, that the fans have, but the ambitions that Mike Ashley have. He is an ideal sort of manager. He's the sort of manager who can keep you in the Premier League. Question marks over whether he can how how much further he can kick you on above that. But the the problem is all this baggage means that Newcastle are the one club in that position that, you know, you just can't see it, it working. So right now, we kind of know how the structure works at Newcastle. Benitez mm. wanted a bit more control over transfers if he wanted to spend X amount of money on one player. If he, cost, if he was 30 or if he was 28, yeah. let me go and do it. That won't happen. And it seems to be that other people will not necessarily make decisions, but push, you know, certain players certain ways. Yes. Will Bruce be happy with that from your knowledge of how he worked at Sunderland? Well, I mean, how he's worked at all his clubs, really, he does have a high turnover of players. So he's clearly very involved in transfers. I've, you know. got, I've got that fact here. It was 13 players he brought in and 15 out in his yeah. first 18 months at Sunderland, which is, which is a lot. It's a lot. And it's not untypical of the other clubs he worked at as well. Let's say he was very good at turning up these players, you know, you're not really heard of. You know, players like Lorik Sana at Sunderland, players like Amezaki at... Uh, at Wigan Athletic, you know, players from lower down the leagues like Michael Turner and what have you, and, and you know, turning them into something, sometimes only for a short period of time. But equally, as, as I mentioned before, he'd take gambles on players with, with dodgy fitness records. He'd, he'd take gambles on older players. And, and these are the sort of players that Mike Ashley will be scared of, of buying. You know, the sort of signing he would have made if he were Newcastle manager last season, the sort of gamble he would have taken, would have been Salomon Rondon. You know, a player with question marks over the state of his knees and all this sort of thing. He he liked to take gambles on those sort of players. So 
that all of that would suggest that no, he won't fit well into this structure. But you know, there's there's been talk that Graham Carr might be brought back. You know, if that's the case, that obviously gives him another ally and an ally who both Bruce and Ashley trust. And as I've said before, Bruce is going into this, I'm sure, with his eyes open. So he will know what the constraints are on him are, and he will be confident, whether he's right or wrong, that he can work within them. We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. Just a quick reminder to please subscribe and review our podcast through iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast provider you listen through. How do you think he will respond to the accusations that he is a yes man, he's the fall guy? Because you say that, you mention that, he probably would have gone for one done last summer. Mm. He will have this and that that he likes to do, but he's gone in with his eyes wide open, which suggests that he's compromised on what he would usually do, yeah. which then would flame the accusations that he is indeed a yes man. Well, I think that I think they're all valid points. I think on the other side of it, the reason he kept hopping clubs, or one of the reasons he kept hopping clubs, was sometimes falling out with the chairman. You know, he didn't always have the best of relationships with Ellis Shaw. I think anyone who you know, I know that I know the player and the manager are different, but um, for those uh, for those listeners in my sort of age bracket who remember Steve Bruce, the player, he wasn't a compromising, soft individual, and and times not changed him in that respect. You know, he's not someone who'll back down. But as you say, I think he's had to make a few compromises because he just doesn't want to give this chance up. And I'm sure in an ideal world, he'd want to be Newcastle manager. Under, under a different chairman I'm certain of that you know a chairman more committed to the cause in a in a better political environment but you know he's 59 years old he's turned it down twice if he turns it down a third time it's probably not going to come again let's look at a bit more of his time at Sunderland mm. um, we'll look at the Henderson callback now you give them the debuts obviously Henderson Champions League winner yep captain I know, yes, Sunderland, Sunderland fan, Sunderland player, but what a player. You know, this mm. country is very lucky to have him yeah. um, as, a, as a midfielder. Callback's career hasn't quite gone the same way. Yes. But, you know, does that suggest you think he will give youth a chance at Newcastle? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think you know, managers tend to get a certain tag, don't they? And Steve Bruce's tag is that he's an old school manager, you know, and you've kind of got, you, you know... The, as the stereotype goes on, you you know, you maybe picture this manager who plays, you know, long ball football with, you know, rugged, you know, more experienced players. But actually, there's a lot more to him than that. You know, he's got a lot out of some very talented foreign players who he's brought here for the first time. He, you know, he, he doesn't, he's, he's very global in his search for talent. You know, whilst he likes to sign lots of players, as I've said, he's not afraid to bring young players through. You know, he's, he's also signed some very good young players who he's, he's developed. I mean, you know, you mentioned Henderson at, at Liverpool. Another one who's not kicked on since Sunderland, but did very well then was Simon Mignolet, you know, who was turned into a Liverpool goalkeeper, basically, um, by his time at Sunderland under Steve Bruce. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's a bit, you know, the picture is a bit more complicated than, than just, just a wheeler dealer. What questions do you think he would have asked Lee Charnley? during these discussions do you think there's any key points that we should have gone in and, and said you know how we got players lined up because bear mm. in mind the transfer window closes um, in less than a month yep Castle are going to need some desperate um, transfer business uh, do you think you think that's something he would have talked about definitely yeah I mean you know he will 
he will know, you know, I mean, he's, he'll have a fairly good handle on most Premier League clubs, but Newcastle United more than any because of the emotional pull to them. He'll know that they need a lot of work doing. Um, he'll want to know that. He'll have asked a lot of questions, I'm sure, about what you were mentioning before, the levels of control he'll have in the transfer market, what say he'll have. You know, he may he may not have got the answers that he wanted, but he'll certainly have wanted to lay down the groundwork just as Rafa Benitez and all his other predecessors did before him. How do you think he'll react to the fact that he isn't Rafa Benitez? Because Bruce is a very honest man. He, like you say, he knows what goes on. He knows what people will be saying about him. Yep. I know, shamefully, he's had a, he's had, he has had a lot of abuse, you know, in a previous clubs, some mm. horrific stuff. Um, and he will, he'll be well aware of, of, of the, the mood on Tyneside right now. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, again, to go back to, to go back to Steve Bruce, the player and extend it into his managerial signs. I think it's fair to say that Steve Bruce, the centre-back was a long way off being the most talented footballer this country has ever seen. But look at his medal haul. He achieved a huge amount. And, and to do that, I think you have to have a degree of arrogance, a degree of self-belief. And I don't think arrogance is, is, is a bad word in sport in the way it is in other walks of life. So he will be looking at that situation thinking, right, the only way I can turn the situation around, as, I, as I've said earlier, is by winning games from the off. But he'll also think, I can do that. I'm going to do that. And as I say, he might be proven completely wrong, but he will believe he can do that. Um, and we'll, it looks like we're going to find out pretty soon if he's right or not. I suppose one, I don't want to call it a positive, but I guess it is in a way, is the fact that most players, when you ask God, Steve Bruce, they talk about his man management, mm. they talk about his, you know, the good atmosphere around the dressing room. And I suppose that is a is a plus in many ways. He's, he's going to come in and, and as much as... Well, nearly all the players said Benitez must stay this summer. Mm. That will help. I don't want to say move on from Benitez, but I, I, I suggest that is what kind of everybody maybe needs to do to help the club go forward in whatever direction it is. But I suppose that that's a good thing that Bruce has got that reputation of being a, someone who can keep the atmosphere mm. in a positive note. And I think what will help him as well is that there are a lot of people at Darsley Park who have experience of working with Bruce and seeing that you know they may not they may not all be part of his plans at Newcastle United in the in the longer term but you've got Jack Colback there who we referred to earlier you know I'm sure he'll have good things to say about Steve Bruce you've got people like Ashraf Lazar who you know may may or may not be involved in the squad going forward you know along with Rolando Ahrens but they'll be they'll certainly be in touch with members of the current squad telling them what their time was like at Sheffield Wednesday you know you've got Steve Harper who worked with him before um, so the, the, there will be people, you know, just chatting on the training ground. I mean, players are like everyone else. They'll have spent the last week or so discussing the pros and cons of Steve Bruce coming in. And, and one would have thought that a lot of these people have worked with him before will have some very positive things to say about him. You're right. He, the biggest thing that is against him is that he's not Rafa Benitez. But I think the biggest thing in, in his favour, to refer back to something I mentioned before, is that not in terms of succeeding Rafa Benitez, but in terms of working for Mike Ashley. He's been in this situation before. He worked in, under Mr. Allen at Hull City at a time when Hull City fans were boycotting Hull games. There were, you know, thousands and thousands of empty seats. But towards the end, he did begin to get worn down, didn't he? He, he did. did he begin to lose yeah. that kind of staying power. And, you know, you mentioned, is he a yes man or not? He walked out on Hull City in the lead up to the season. 
because he wasn't happy with what they got. Again, that's another indication that he's not a yes man. But say he he does he does know what the know how to deal with the situation. He did do well in that situation. Do you think first couple of press conferences he, he'll address the issue straight on? You know, I, look, I'm not Rafa Benitez. There's yeah. nothing I can do with that. I, I think he'll probably have to and say, you know, he's he's a bright bloke. You know, I, I don't I don't think I say. While there might be a bit of arrogance about I can overcome this, I don't think there'll be any naivety about knowing what's facing him and 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 how he has to try to deal with it. Um. So. F- Football style wise, what was the play like? Was there a certain pattern that you've also seen, you know, at all at Chef yeah. Wednesday from from maybe what you've seen on the TV? But at Sunderland, was the the kind of style of football continuing throughout his time there? Yeah, I mean, it was quite a, you know, it wasn't, um, it certainly wasn't like watching Brazil. He's quite a pragmatic manager, but nor was it like watching, you know, Wimbledon's crazy gang either. You know, he plays. There's a there's a there's a degree of directness about the way he plays, but also there's there's some very nice football in there. You know that that win against three 0 win at Stamford Bridge, which I referred to before. They played some absolutely magnificent football. You know, and if you look at some of the footballers he has developed, I mean, you mentioned Jordan Henderson. You know, Danny Welbeck uh, came on uh, great leaps when he was on on loan at Sunderland. You know, players like uh, Bodevine Zenden. You know, he had, he had some very cultured players there. Lorik Sarno was another one who could. Well, he was. He was again one who could sort of mix it between the physical and the football, and that, you know, that's that's the kind of blend. And, and let's not kid ourselves, you know, he's not replacing Pep Guardiola football. Rafa Benitez didn't play fantastic free-flowing football, you know, any more than Chris Hutton before him did. It's about pragmatism, and yes, Newcastle fans don't want to be bored to death, but they want results, and uh, I think you know. I believe he's got the abilities to provide them. I worry that everything else that comes with him will stop him doing that. And just to wrap up then, just to give a bit of an insight into what he was like in his press conferences, on off, you know, when the mic's down. Because yeah. ever everyone talks about this, this jovial character. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that that's... He's a, he's a very personable kind of guy, which is why I say that, you know, the reports coming back from the likes of Colbach and Aaron's and Harper and what have you, I'm sure will reflect that. You know, he, he's got a proven track record of getting a lot out of footballers and not just footballers of one type, you know, not just footballers of one nationality, not just footballers of one age group, you know, and it's noticeable how some of the footballers who did really well for him at Sunderland, for example, uh, but at other clubs as well, you know, they were... You look back on those periods, I mentioned Simon Mignolet earlier, uh, you know, maybe Lorik Sarna to a degree, John Mensah, they were kind of flashes in the pan. Managers before didn't really get the same out of them. Managers after didn't get the same out of them. You know, I mean, he's, he's probably the only manager in history, uh, well, maybe Martin O'Neill as well, who actually got something out of Nicholas Bentner, you know, for all Bentner's talent. He, he's, a, he's a good man-manager because of those personal skills, which the media do want to. Um, but you know ultimately those sort of things should not count for anything and won't count for anything on the St James's terraces if he's not delivering results well there you have it thank you very much Stu for giving that insight into Steve Bruce you can head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep up date with all the latest Newcastle United news including if and when Steve Bruce does indeed become Newcastle United manager